Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we are talking about Acts chapter 15. And my guest today is someone who I can never believe that he can get all of his work done in a week because he does so many things. He is producer for Mornings with Carmen. He is producer of the Q Ideas podcast and show. And he also is host for one of our sister stations. I am so glad to welcome Paul Pro. Yeah, I don't sleep too often. No, <laughs> you can't. No. How could you? No, 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 no. Too much to do. No, I do sleep, though. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today for this conversation about Acts 15. What an important chapter. It is a very pivotal chapter in the uh, history of the church early on. I mean, there are some big issues that needed to be talked about. Actually, I look at the book, uh, that chapter, and it's like, okay, there's two disputes that happen in this chapter. Um, one goes to the very core of what the church would be, who they would be moving forward. The core of what did Christ do for us? Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is gospel center. This is this is key core doctrine. The other one was a difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. and how it was handled, well, we can talk about that. Yeah, so let's first talk about that really core, the core issue that you were talking about. Okay, yeah. It had to do with, as you, you look early in the chapter, it talks about how some men down came down from Judea to Antioch. Now, that's where Paul was stationed out of. Uh, yeah, Peter and a lot of the, the apostles were stationed out of the church in Jerusalem, but Paul did a lot of the stuff Antioch Church was the one that sent him on his first missionary trip. That's where he headquartered, if you wish. Yeah, kind that, of like his home base. That was his home—the good way. Yeah, that was his home base. Well, some people from Jerusalem went north, but it's downhill. That's why they went down from Jerusalem to Antioch. But they went to Antioch and started teaching, hey, all the brothers here, unless they're circumcised, they can't be saved. Because Moses said we need to be circumcised, therefore they're supposed to be cir- they became known as what some people call Judaizers. They felt, okay, for you to be a believer in good standing and to be saved, this wasn't just being good standing. If you wanted to be saved, if you wanted to go to heaven, all that stuff, you had to obey the laws of Moses, do the circumcision and all the other ceremonials. You had to follow the Mosaic law. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that is such a heavy yoke. And that's what we see Paul say later, is that you're expecting Gentiles to carry a yoke that we couldn't even carry. Yeah, Peter mentions that. But then again, wait a minute. If we're trying to be biblical, this is what was laid out in the Bible, in the Old Testament. And so their argument seems on the surface very, very sound. I mean, this is what was laid down to be a good Jew. Basically, they're trying to make any new believer a proselyte to Judaism. That would have killed the church movement, number one. But also, is that what Jesus called the, called the people to? Is that what the Holy Spirit was calling them to? And that's the key part of this in the, in the uh, book of Acts. It really is the, the book of, not the Acts, people say Acts of the Apostles. I like what one of my pastors said. No, this is the Acts of Jesus ongoing through the church, through his Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And you look at what the Spirit was doing and... To be honest, the apostles most of the time were just grabbing on and riding, you know, yeah. the Spirit's doing stuff. Right. You know, Peter goes to preach to 
the you know to Cornelius and these Gentile believers, and okay, actually, first they went to the Samaritans, and while they're preaching, what happens? The Spirit falls upon them, and they start, you know, speaking in tongues. Obviously, the Spirit is moving in their lives. The Spirit has embraced them as believers. They believed, and it's like, well, I guess we should baptize them. I, <laughs> God, the Holy Spirit, God said, they're, they're his. We better baptize them. Same thing happened with, the, with Cornelius and his friends. And what Paul was doing when he went on these missionary journeys, when he would speak to, well, he first would go to the Jews, but then would go to the Gentiles— the Spirit fell upon them. It's like, uh, what are we to do? Mm-hmm. Baptize them, welcoming, welcome them into the fellowship of the church. So the Spirit was going ahead of them, right? regardless of what they thought. Yes, and I think it's so often that we think, you know, thinking about a missionary journey, thinking about, um, you know, being a missionary every day in our life, mm-hmm. that we're going to go and, oh, well, I will take Jesus there mm-hmm. when He's already there. The Holy Spirit's <laughs> already working. Exactly. Like, you get to go join and be useful if you surrender to the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit and let him and let him use you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. getting back to the situation, though, um, these people came down to Antioch. They're pre- proclaiming this. And Peter and Barnabas are going, whoa, this is not what we've been teaching. This is not what we've noticed the Spirit of God doing. Mm-hmm. And so the leadership of the Church of Antioch. This this is interesting to note. So Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas were appointed by whom? Well, the leadership of that church. They were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. This became part of what is known as the Jerusalem Council. That's what happens here because basically, okay, we have a major dispute here. We need to talk, get the apostles together, get the elders of the church together. We need to come to an understanding of what God has called us to, what God has been doing, what we've been, right. you know. So that's where the dispute arose. Yep. And so then they go to and they present it to the council. And then what is what is the council decision? Well, that's interesting because here you have uh, Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles and Barnabas, and they're saying, you know, basically, we've seen the Spirit moving in the lives of these Gentiles to ask them to be circumcised, to be saved. I mean, that's not what they understood. We've been preaching believe and be saved. Okay, that's what Paul and Barnabas said. Then Peter, as you mentioned already, he kind of said, guys, we're saved by grace through faith. The, the burden of the law, we've never been able to fully keep rightly. Right, yeah. I mean, let's be realistic. We we missed it. And, of course, the whole point of the Old Testament ultimately is not to give us rules to live by because we break the rules. It pointed us to Christ who had to die in our place because we break the rules. So, anyway, Peter, you're right. He was – he was. Uh, now, it's interesting to note Peter wasn't in charge of this meeting. A lot of people think, well, the apostles were in charge of everything. Paul was sent by the elders. Who was the lead elder of the church in Jerusalem? It was... I don't know. James, the brother of Jesus. Mm. He was, he's the one mentioned here. The, when James, uh, when Peter finished speaking, you know, it's like, I've seen the Spirit move. We've been not mm. able to handle the law. Why are we wanting to impose it on them? We're saved by grace. And then it mentions, if you go to verse 13, when they finished, 
James spoke up, brothers, listen to me. Simon, that's Peter, Simon described to us how God at first showed his concern by talking from the uh, from the Gentiles, or taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. And the words of the prophets are in agreement with this. After this, I will read. He's going right back to the Old Testament now. Yep, right back to Amos. There you Exactly. After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent, which he did. That's what Christ is. And its ruins will be restored, and I will restore it, that the remnant of men may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who hear my name, says the Lord, who does who do does these things that have been known for ages. Basically, this is one of those passages in the Old Testament saying, hey, the Gentiles are going to be joining us. Mm. It doesn't mean they're com- becoming proselytes. It doesn't mean they're becoming Jews. The Gentiles will join us. I mean, you go back to Abraham. The promise was, through, the, through you, the nations will be blessed. Through Christ, that's what exactly happened. Yep. So, anyway, so they're in agreement. All right. As nice as the, the law is, that's not what saves us. What saves us is grace through faith. And so they sent out a letter. They did put a few stipulations in, and I— I'm not sure totally what to make of it. One person mentioned things because it talked about, okay, we're going to send a letter, and there's a letter written there starting in uh, verse 23 to the Gentile believers, greetings, and, you know, what they talk about. We have heard some of you, some went out from us without our authorization and disturbing you, troubling your minds by what they said. So we all agreed to choose some men and sent them to you from uh, with our dear friends Paul and Barn- our Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are sending Judas and Silas. So they sent not just Paul and Silas to go up there saying, hey, because they could have said, look what we did, mm-hmm. but be in total disagreement with what's happening down there. They sent some people from the Jerusalem church, Judas and Silas, not the Judas, Iscariot, right. different Judas, uh, and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. So they bring along these two representatives of the Jerusalem church to explain things. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit has been inviting you in. It's good yep. to him and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You are to abstain from food sacrifice to idols from blood and uh, from the meat of strangled animals and from sexual immorality, if you do, you will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. And what I think is interesting is that the reason back in 21, the reason they're giving those laws is for these laws of Moses have been preached in Jewish synagogues in every city on every Sabbath for many generations. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they're they're finding the things that are common. Yeah, common in general that if... If anybody had been in a Jewish synagogue and heard teaching mm-hmm. on a Sabbath, they would have heard these. Yeah. I think part of this also has to do with keeping the fellowship strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what one person I heard talk about. The reason, for example, don't eat strangled meat and like that, because later on, that seems to, in, the, uh, in later parts in the New Testament, seems to become a non-issue. But at this point, Jewish believers in the synagogues, most of the churches were in started out from people leaving the synagogue or hopefully some converted synagogues you know they they grew up living this kosher lifestyle and all of a sudden non-kosher stuff coming in or something sacrificed to idols which you know that that can have its problems too but from a why bring up an offense this is one of those balancing acts we oftentimes have 
We don't want to unnecessarily offend a brother or sister. So there's certain things that, okay, I, I can abstain from that, especially because I don't want to offend a brother or sister. I mean, is that not profound considering yes. the the world in which we find ourselves mm-hmm. living now? Oh, yeah. That that would be a focus. Definitely. Instead of trying to be, you know, it feels like everybody's offendable. We had a guest on Susie Larson Live once that talked about everybody's kind of walking around like they're a hammer looking oh, yeah. for a nail to bang. Mm-hmm. And this is... A bomb looking for a sore to heal. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that imagery. Yes. But there you go. So, again, they're trying to bring the church together, stay on the core of what Christ did for us, mm-hmm. stay on the core of the gospel and move on from there. Now, that didn't end the dispute, unfortunately, because if you go to books like Galatians, which happened after, was written after this happened— And Paul talks about their meeting in there in chapter 2, if I remember right. But after that, there was still these Judaizers causing troubles. Paul even goes up. I mean, if you ever want to see Paul really, really (laughs) agitated, ticked off, read the first few chapters of Galatians. Actually, read the book of Galatians, period. Um, he, He... He doesn't mince words when it comes to these Judaizers who were basically making it so, wait a minute, you receive Christ by faith. That's how you're that's how you're brought in, that your faith is what finishes your your, uh, sanctification. Not these works, not that you won't do works, but those aren't the things that will make you whole and, you know, acceptable to God. You're acceptable because of Christ and Christ alone, period. Yep, which is really interesting because, I mean, in the way that I am understanding the the Pharisees and just all the things that were added to the law, I think began with good intentions and mm-hmm. in trying to keep the law, right. but came to a place to where Peter calls it a heavy yoke, where it's a it's a a wall between the person and salvation, mm-hmm. and so I, I see Paul getting so angry because. This has nothing to do with salvation, no. and you're putting up walls, and you're keeping from it. And my whole this whole purpose was to make Christ known, and mm-hmm. and all these walls are going up, and he's continually battling that. And even beyond that, what was Christ's mission? Christ, the our mediator of salvation, believe it or not, is also the mediator of creation. His his sole aim since the fall is to restore his creation and bring it to glory. And part of that, you, you, again, you go back to the book of Galatians where it talks about the two, two people, you know, the dividing walls have been dropped down. The two, the Gentiles and, and, and the Jews are brought together into one body to move forward. Like originally, you know, the, oftentimes the Jews thought, well, the Gentiles, they won't be saved. Okay, they might be able to get through the back door and become Jewish, go through the proselytizing or proselyting process and all that. No, the whole point is Jesus is trying to restore humanity. And his creation. And so why are you trying to bring something in that was brought because of your fallenness? Because that's what the laws had to do. Had to Because we didn't understand what to do. Yeah. And plus, you know, there's also other aspects of the law, the ceremonial and such, which were to point you to Christ anyway, to what needed to happen. Why do you want to hang on that? Why, why hang on the shadow when the reality of Christ and his coming kingdom, that's what we want to go toward. That's what we want to yes, aim toward. But I think it's hard to surrender. Oh, it I mean, is. I mean, I think that was, 
and, and maybe I'm just, you know, talking about myself here because <laughs> I find surrender hard, but to let go of those things that are familiar, that are known, to totally surrender to the Holy Spirit that is, you know, moving so quickly and trying to like grasp, you know, gra- like you said, uh, mm-hmm. grasp his coattails of what he's right. doing. Is- or you've seen the, the, the meme of the person on the roller coaster. There's the girl having fun. There's the little brother. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's the, you know, the one having fun, the disciple, the one holding on for your life. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, we are sometimes caught in that position. Yep. More often than not. Okay, so that was the deep core issue. What right. do you, What is the issue that's not a core issue? Okay. It's interesting that these two disputes are in the same chapter. I, again, I know chapter divisions are are entirely man-made, but it's interesting they're grouped together. Because right after that, sometime later, Paul and Bar- said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas, remember, actually, Barnabas is just his nickname. His real name is Joseph. Joe from, uh, old Joe from uh, Cyprus, he was a Levite. Barnabas, son of encouragement. He wanted to take along John, also called Mark, with them. But you remember earlier... Mark yeah. went on the missionary trip, the first missionary journey, and then kind of backed out. He got cold feet and got homesick or whatever it was he left. Well, Paul did not think it was wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Okay. Paul was disappointed in Mark for getting cold feet and backing out. Barnabas, true to his nickname, son of encouragement, bar son Nobus encouragement. No, no, no. Let's bring him along. He, he, you know he's, he's, he's got the gifts. We just got to bring him along. Sharp dispute rose, and the only way they could resolve it is they had to separate. Barnabas took Mark, and they went on their missionary journey. Paul took Silas, who was one of the people who came down from Jerusalem, and they went on the missionary journey. So there's a, dis- there's a split there. It's, it's strange a lot of people like to read into that split because, well, obviously Barnabas is wrong because you never hear about him in the future. Well, come on. I mean, Luke only had – didn't want to have a total compendium of everything. He was focusing on the, the track that he eventually was part of because, remember, Luke joined Paul. Right. And Timothy and, uh, and traveled, be, traveled with him uh, later on. So, of course, he's going to focus on Paul over Barnabas. Then you also think about some other things. I mean, okay, they had this dispute at this point in time. What happened after that? Well, you have Mark who wrote the second of our four Gospels. Actually, probably the first. It may be the oldest. You have Paul talking about telling Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, as he's asking Timothy to come to him in prison, um, bring Mark. He would be helpful to me. Mm. You hear him celebrated, as it were, um, you know, in Colossians and in the book of Philemon, because Paul wrote both those books about the same time, while in prison in Rome, knowing he's hoping to be released, and he's saying, greetings from Aristarch and all these people and Mark. Mark later did join him on his missionary efforts. 
So was Paul in the wrong? I don't know if I want to go that far. Well, I'm not really sure that it's a matter of right, right and, wrong. and wrong. It's a difference of opinion. Bingo. And they go different directions. And actually, then the gospel went different. Went yes. twice as far mm-hmm. because they were going in different directions. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously, Mark learned a lot and the encouragement of Barnabas served a lot because, again, who wrote one of the gospels, who was on the missionary ventures of Paul later in his life? Mark. Mm-hmm. Paul, thank you, my our Paul. <laughs> thank you for joining me to talk about Acts 15. You're welcome. Well, thank you for joining us for Acts 15. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time for Acts chapter 16. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, Consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.